0: Skulking along, lockpick in hand, the quintessential rogue is a staple of any
1: game. But what if you have a whole party of them? Tonight, let's explore the stabbiest, stealthiest game in town—the rogue campaign.
0: That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblins Corner. My name is Eric, and I'm Matt. And tonight. We're talking about Rogue Campaign. That's right. You get your stabby on tonight. We're going to teach you guys how to run a campaign full of rogues. And it doesn't always have to be rogues, right? It could be wizards and warriors or cyberpunk folks.
1: It's people who are being rogues. Criminals. Not people who are classed as rogues. That's right.
0: So it's going to be a lot
1: of fun tonight. Coming back strong after July 4th,
0: because we were going to record right before July 4th, but we live in the South. And there was a lot of guns shooting, and literally, we're in a soundproof room and could still hear it coming
1: through. Yeah. It, w- it was hilarious, except it wasn't hilarious. <laughs> the most American
0: thing ever, just shooting guns and fireworks for like a full week. Yep. So if you haven't yet, hit that like and subscribe button. Help us get our show out to more people and get notified when the more amazing episodes come your
1: way. And hey, if you're listening to the show, give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. It helps us out, and we appreciate it. Gets the word out, gets people tuning in, right? Yeah. All right. So, Matt, why are we
0: doing rogue campaigns? Why would you want to play a rogue campaign? Well, obviously, first and foremost, rogues are cool. Rogues are cool. (laughs) Rogues cross multiple genres. So, for example, you could do anything in a rogue campaign from a kind of archaeological dig Raiders of the Lost Ark style to something like what?
1: Mission Impossible is basically based around rogues. Yeah, it could do like a mission-based Reservoir Dog style. Kind of game where everybody gets murdered at the end. Sure. If you go to cyberpunk, first off, literally every character in that genre is a a rogue. rogue. Yeah. Whether it's a
0: hacker or a street Sam. Yeah. Nobody's
1: doing anything legal. Half the original Star Wars trilogy was a bunch of rogues scoundrels, I would say. Indeed. Basically every telling of Robin Hood. And these are just
0: a couple of genres we just threw in for starters. Sure. Like there are many many different types of games and styles and we'll talk about some of these games and styles.
1: What else is going on with the rogue campaign, Matt? You can have a variety of genres all told from a different view. What do we mean by that? As as we stated, like cyberpunk is basically all rogues. If you wanted to do a rogue campaign for D&D, obviously that's not a problem. Sure. Blades in the Dark is Basically designed to be a rogue Nothing campaign. rogues, man. Stabby, <laughs> stabby action in the dark. It doesn't matter what genre you're in. You can 100% put a rogue campaign into it. I totally agree. Rogues are more of a mindset
0: than a class when we're talking rogue campaigns. Now, obviously, you could play the rogue class, but it could be any class. It could be a devious wizard just, you know, rolling through the streets. I mean, you could have a fighter just being a thug. Sure, right? Could have a druid being a spy master cuz he could turn into cats and animals. Yeah. Nobody pays attention to squirrels. No. Nah, everybody hates squirrels. They try to ignore them. Or rats. Think about that in a in a dark city. Yeah. The only thing you got to worry about trying to find you is the rat catcher. That's right. <laughs> so it's more of a mindset than a specific character class. And this is important to note. Yes, you could totally do an entire campaign with a bunch of thieves, right? Sure. Various different styles of thieves. If you're playing 5th edition, for example, you could do all of the different types. Or you could just play with the mindset that I am a rogue doing some sort of mission or doing some kind of story.
1: Yeah. Regardless of the class, I am a rogue.
0: Now you might ask yourself, because we have alluded to criminal organizations in the past, which is one of our episodes. Sure. What's the difference between a rogue campaign that you're playing and say an intrigue
1: campaign or a heist campaign? Rogue campaigns can include themes from all of these, but don't specifically revolve around any one of them. You can have an entire heist campaign that is literally just a group of criminals that are constantly pulling heists, or an intrigue campaign that is strictly about being a spy. Rogue campaigns are strictly about being criminals. And that's
0: the important thing to note. Whereas an intrigue campaign is about spies, Spymaster, you know, all of the kind of like the mental uh, processes going on. Right. A rogue campaign can borrow from multiple different elements, just like it can borrow from multiple different genres. Sure. And so when you're thinking about building a rogue campaign, what kind of elements are you going to sprinkle into that campaign? Plus, of course, what are the players going to want to play, right? Sure. If they want to just murder people, well, Assassin campaign. Yeah, yeah. Play a bunch of assassins, <laughs> right? If they want to do more of like an episodic mission-based thing, heist campaigns are great. If they're into infiltration or you know, trying to woo the king's daughter so that they could take over the realms, then maybe an intrigue campaign is what you want to go after. Absolutely. Or you could do all three. Yes, which
1: so, is generally how rogue campaigns work. And the reason it works like that is because rogues are generalists. Oftentimes, the stories of rogues revolve around multiple societal levels.
0: Yes. So not just the mean streets, but also the high-up nobility. If it's a uh, cyberpunk campaign, could be the concept of corporations versus the, just the people trying to survive.
1: Yeah. And in a game like D&D, if you're a con man, do you con the people who have five gold or do you con the people who have 500,000 gold? What's
0: also fun is... Kind of a sneaker style game where you're middle management trying to maybe make
1: ends meet as well. Maybe you're doing a little moonlighting on the side. Could be. Uh, Criminal Minds and Ocean's Eleven are also games that you could run. Like Ocean's Eleven is classically a heist. Yes, but it's it's a
0: rogue campaign. Right. And then Criminal Minds is literally a bunch of rogues that have, okay, you're going to have to do good now.
1: Yeah, that's another fun take on a rogue campaign. Nothing says you have to be bad guys. You just have to be criminals. Rogue campaigns are predominantly built on
0: relationships. And this is something of note. If you want to run a good rogue campaign versus any other type of campaign, I would say relationships, 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 just like in acting, right? Good relationships mean good characters. What are we talking about when we're saying what kind of
1: relationships? You're going to need a small mountain of NPCs. You're going to need fixers. You're going to need associates. You're going to need fences for inside jobs. You're going to need all of the information. So you're going to need people who work on the inside. Like informants. Yeah. You're
0: going to need merchants to sell stuff to, or to buy stuff from. You're going to need all the different social interactions, whether it's combat, whether it's skullduggery, it's a lot of relationship work. And that's something to think about. Even when you're murder hoboing. Yeah. Because you got to take a job. (laughs) Okay, who's in charge? Who's doing that, right? Yeah. What's the interplay? What is the consequence of action after you've done whatever stabbing in the back that you've done? If you're playing, you know, as I mentioned, an assassin, right? Right. If you go for anything else, these relationships are very important. And honestly, they make the storytelling very interesting as well.
1: Another super important relationship you're going to have is with the law and those that enforce it. Absolutely. The law is almost an antagonistic situation in many games, or you could work for them as well. It's true. Sherlock Holmes is a great example of that. He's 100% a criminal, but he's generally there to help out. He would definitely be a mastermind if we were playing like D&D or something like that. That'd be a
0: good... Inquisitor. Oh, Inquisitor would be excellent as well. You could also have, as I mentioned, an antagonistic relationship with it. Maybe you're in a dystopian campaign where everybody's a rogue trying to hack the system. Maybe burn it down to the ground.
1: Yeah, And the law's owned by the corporations anyway, so there's no reason to care about them.
0: Exactly. So how does your character deal with the laws either in the city or just overall in the world in general, the yeah. power structure of all of that?
1: Another thing to consider is that rogues are generally played as smart and not front and center characters. So they're not necessarily going to come in guns blazing or
0: bows blazing, as it were. Right. Spells blazing into the main scene. They're going to work from the shadows, hit you, in, you know, stab you in the back, hit you from the angles. Yeah. Fight smart versus hard.
1: Yes. Insight, stealth, and deception are the three main traits that you're going to need as a rogue to stay working on the outside corners of things. I would definitely say that those three are the defining traits. I mean, it's particularly deception. Yeah. For deception, if you're not lying, are you even a rogue, really? That would be an interesting rogue that didn't tell a lie. One of the concepts that I came up with uh, when we were discussing this is the idea of a fey rogue that can't lie, but he just Beats the shit out of the truth. Is it a lie on a mission, (laughs) Captain? That would be kind
0: of fun. A rogue campaign is a great game for people who have creative thinking on the brain. Yes. Like, anybody that thinks outside the box, this is the perfect game for you because you're not going to be able to hit stuff head-on. You're going to have to come at it from an angle, right? Or maybe sometimes in the sewer (laughs) underneath.
1: Problem solving, therefore, should be at the heart of a rogue campaign. You know, you mentioned hitting things head-on. You can rob a bank, like, just go in, kick down the door, have shotguns. You're going to do that once or twice. That third time, they're going to be on to you. Yeah, sooner than later. (laughs) That's going to become a problematic methodology. And if you want to be a successful rogue... You're not always going to come in through the front door? Right. You have to start, you know, looking for traps or doing your homework, making the plans. That is how you continue... To be able to take all of the money out of the bank. I agree wholeheartedly on that. While many campaigns
0: often focus on defeating some kind of crazy evil that's going to take over the world or obtaining an artifact or solving some sort of mystery, rogue campaigns are just fine with getting cash money. They don't have to, right? Right. But it's fun regardless. Sure. For some rogues, it's still a way to keep score. Yeah. You're just tallying up, right? Get this big amount of coins. now. This isn't to say that you can't defeat overarching evil or bring down a giant corporation or kill a dragon or some kind of world ending, you know, quest, but you can also just have a lot of fun. I don't know,
1: being on a pirate
0: ship, robbing people.
1: Sure. You could even argue that like a dragon slaying campaign is a, that's, that's a rogue campaign, right? I mean, you're literally in it for the horde. That's a rogue campaign.
0: And it often tends to be very mission-based in that regard because of that, right? Yeah. You've moved on to the next job. You've already robbed that one bank. Let's go rob the other one. I, went, I kicked in the front door. Let's go at it from the side now.
1: Yeah. Burrow underneath, like you said.
0: This brings up a final point in terms of why rogue campaigns are different in that they should provide the chances for huge risk versus huge reward.
1: Yes. If you're doing a rogue campaign the risk is always going to be prisoner execution, right? Mm-hmm. And that removes a player's autonomy from the game. They are, that character has been removed from the game until they're either busted out or until they make a new character. That risk is enormous, and therefore the reward for what they're planning should be equally enormous. If you've got a bunch of first-level characters who figure out, how to rob the king's vault they did they, they figured it out That's, now let's now they're wanted pe- criminals throughout the realms <laughs> but
0: but they've got a boatload of money to make that go away <laughs> campaigns are also great with traps traps like dungeon crawls it's perfect right yeah give the, them a chance to exercise their skills puzzles anything where you have to use your brains to defeat and again What's the problem with that? Well, certain death is definitely the high-risk, <laughs> high-reward with that. You're going to get some magical artifacts, but you might get cut in half by something.
1: You know, what's a what's a blade trap every now and again?
0: Yeah. Speaking of high-risk, high-reward, we've got what tonight, Matt? The question of the week. And I believe that tonight's question of the week is a treasure, high-risk, high-reward related question.
1: It is, in fact. You are in a magical museum. You can steal one object with no prior knowledge of its abilities. Either a weapon, mm-hmm. armor, an art piece, a carving, or a piece of jewelry. What do you pick and why? Uh, jewelry. Okay. Easy. I'll tell you why. So a weapon would
0: be awesome, mm-hmm. but most weapons are intelligent if they're really powerful. Fair. Don't point. feel like having a conversation with my fork <laughs> or you know the sword that I picked up? Sure. you know. I, no. Don't need relationship advice from a sword. And it might be a good guy sword. It might be. What if nah. it's lawful? And then I have to do de- good deeds. I don't want that. No. I'm a rogue, right? Yeah. If I pick up an art piece, what am I going to do with it? Hanging on a wall? Carrying it out's going to be tough.
1: Well, it is assumed that this is a magical museum, so it's going to be a magical piece of art. But who knows what you're going to do with it? That's the problem. Exactly.
0: Uh, some kind of carving. That sounds really cool. But again, maybe it's a figurine, something small. Could be. That would be fine. I like that, but I think like a gym or some kind of ring or some kind of, you know, jewelry is nice because A, you might get a really cool power out of it. Sure. B, it's not going to talk to you. Probably. I, I would hope
1: not. I, although in Matt's campaign, he's going to make something up. And hey, look, I believe that if intelligent weapons exist, then intelligent magic items exist. Fair enough. And then C,
0: if you don't like it, you could sell it because <laughs> it's jewelry, right? You got sure. bling.
1: What about you? What would you choose? I think I would probably go, with no former knowledge, I'd probably go with a carving. With the hopes that it is a figurine of wondrous power of some sort. If it's got wings, even better. Because realistically, I just want to fly. So you get that ebb and fly, flies you around.
0: Yeah. Then you go pick up your pizza. Can you imagine doing drive through with that? That'd be great. <laughs>
1: you roll up on a fly.
0: And have two pizzas, one for him and one for me.
1: <laughs> and then he just buzzes around it for six hours before eating
0: it. It <laughs> <laughs> waits for it to rot yeah. before he lays his, his, very, uh, his ebon eggs on it. That's how you make more wondrous figurines. Sure. That'd be kind of fun. Got to make a pizza out of stone. Of course, we're always interested in your answer to the question of the week. If you'd like, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter or Mastodon or Facebook or various other social media channels that Matt often posts to. And we have a website as well.
1: Indeed. You can also comment down below. We're not on Blue Sky or Threads yet, but it's coming. Send
0: us an invite. Sure. We might post. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about rogue campaigns. And now that we kind of know what you should have or have not in your campaign, let's talk a little bit about some story and narrative development, Matt.
1: Okay. Obviously, first off, what game are you playing?
0: Right. And... We're talking literally what system are you playing? Sure. Because that's going to determine a lot of thematics right off the bat. Obviously, a Shadowrun campaign is vastly different than, say, I don't know, Blades in the Dark. Yeah, or D&D. Or D&D. Now, let's say you don't happen to know what you're going to play yet. Or maybe you're playing something that's somewhat stylistically agnostic that you can kind of modify. Sure. We've got a couple of ways that you can... Build your own rogue campaign and storyline. Because remember, it's all about relationships and stories. Right. That's what makes this fun.
1: First off, what is the theme? Some common themes are going to include, obviously, crime, uh, missions, collecting intel. Oh, yeah. You got intrigue. Stealth. Just sneak it
0: about, right? Mm Mm-hmm evasion, which I love. What do we mean by that? Just like avoiding danger and
1: such? Well, yeah, and sometimes getting away if you haven't avoided danger. Ah, good point, yes. You got social engineering. Mm Mm-hmm. Love, life, and death. Yeah. All kinds of shit. Yeah. I mean, all of that fits into the scope of a rogue campaign. And you may be asking yourself, hey,
0: why did we throw in life, love, and death? Well, it's because... In addition to your heists, your characters would have a life outside of doing the job. Right. And it just makes good character development. So if you're running a game, you want your characters to focus on something aside from just the heist. Because otherwise it just turns into a heist campaign. Right. Rogue campaigns are about those relationships. Build those relationships. It's fun to establish that.
1: And it's also part of the consequences. Right? Like if... Your character has a love interest. That's that much more reason not to get caught. That much more reason to weigh the risk versus rewards. Yeah, she might be brought in, right? Exactly. Something you need to consider for a rogue campaign is mission-based or sandbox.
0: Now, if it's mission-based, cool. You know that it's going to be very episodic. You probably can then have a rotating list of players if you want. Sure. Sandbox is a little bit harder to do that. But, of course, there's techniques to do that as well. But you also want to ask yourself, is it episodic or overarching? Right. So you could just have like a mission of the week. And anybody could come in and come out yeah, if you're the, doing, if you're doing a, like a mission-based thing. It's like a uh, criminal version of Monster of the Week. Yeah. I mean, you because know, if it's mission-based, then you've got this episodic format, which can either be story-related or not. Right. If it's a overarching story, you're probably going to go more sandbox. Yeah. At least with the story cuz you're going to want to have the same type of characters. So think about how you're going to be playing as well. If you don't have a lot of time, maybe just go with an episodic thing. That's kind of fun because if you may have players that want to try out different characters as well. Right. And so you sit there and say, "All right, cool. High risk, high reward. You may have certain death for your characters. Make three characters. Give them, you know, a story." Yeah, dark sun. Yeah. Weave them in and out every every week, right? That'd be a lot of fun. Settings in history
1: is also something to consider when you're running a rogue campaign. What do we mean by that? When you know about your setting and the history of that setting, it helps inform why someone would choose a life of crime.
0: Yeah. What's going on in that society that they're going to have to steal stuff?
1: Right. Why is there so much inequity or injustice or what have you That choosing the criminal life is the right choice for anyone. Yes. And
0: again, going back to people focused again, DMs, look at this from a personal level for your players. Yeah. Help your players construct their characters as to why they chose this lifestyle. Another thing to consider is also what?
1: What's the starting locale? Like, where are you starting in the world? Where is the actual game starting? Like the characters are somewhere together. Where are they? And this could be something very specific. So a particular
0: nation or state or city or whatnot. Or it could be very generic. You're literally in the middle of a battle. Sure. We did an entire episode on starting a campaign. I would definitely suggest start in the action. It's a lot of fun. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out. It doesn't start in
1: a bar. Or take, a, take the last hint. From it does it start in a bar and have the bar be on fire. Sure. Yeah. It
0: starts in a fiery bar and you guys are trying to escape it. It's a lot of fun too. What do your characters know? That's very important. And not just what do they know about each other, but also about like the city.
1: So in a rogue campaign, information brokering is huge. Yes. And not you need to know not just what your characters know, but you need to have some idea of what everyone knows. Because who knows what and who needs to know it are very big
0: deals. Yes. There's going to be a percentage of folks that know specific things, and your players are going to know an average of something. Right. Find out what the baseline of what everybody knows, what only a few people know, and what only maybe the highest echelon of people know. Right. And then base your world, your
1: intrigue around that type of stuff. For example, your average person on the street probably does not know a lot about criminal activity. Probably doesn't know about s- security in a place. Probably doesn't know much about much when it comes to the criminal world and what information is used. they
0: go down that dark alley, they're going to get a stab in the back.
1: Yeah, that's that's all they know is oh, you don't go through the alleys. Don't go
0: there. You're going to lose your kidneys. Everything else they might not know, like who you know is in charge and all that stuff. They might not know much about
1: the people in power. They just know that they're in charge. Like, how much do you honestly know about the mayor of your town? Most people don't know even their name (laughs) in the real world. Yeah. And so that's something to think about. If you're trying to find blackmail for the mayor of the town, you can't go to Joe on the street and just be like, hey, Joe, you know anything interesting about this guy? Yeah. Who are your characters and what is their story? Again, very important. Going back once again to the players
0: again and again and again.
1: Right. It's almost like we're beating this point into the ground. This is partially going to depend on what type of scenario you're running. Sure. What are the characters' backgrounds and history? And that gets into what kind of rogues they happen to be. Sure. So this could
0: really, literally at this point, you can start maybe the classes if
1: you wanted. Right. Because if uh, one of them's a bare knuckle boxing champ. They're probably going to be either, at, from D&D terms, like a monk or a fighter that just happened to also be criminals.
0: Nah, he's going to be a transmuter. It's going to be a badass wit- wizard that works out.
1: Sure. Turns into
0: a bear and bites off your face. That's what I would do.
1: <laughs> it's not really a <laughs> bare knuckle anymore, is it? I mean. It's
0: kind of bare knuckle. It's a bear paw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew where that was going. <laughs> I, I could see the look on your face. <laughs>
0: Where's their home base? Where's the character? Where do they live? Are they all together? Do they have an underground little thing in the sewers? Is it living in middle-class
1: America? Yeah, do they all have their own apartments. Who knows? Could be anything,
0: right? Where are they in the hierarchy of the setting? So, you could have various characters in various social strata? Yes. Some of them live on the streets, some of them are nobility or power players in the corporate dynamic.
1: Yeah. I mean, a a noble scion can be every bit as much of a rogue as a street urchin. Exactly. So how do they
0: feel about where they are in the social strata? An urchin is going to feel vastly different about stealing stuff than, say, a noble. And they're probably going to
1: have very different reasons for doing
0: it. Yeah. The noble might do it for the thrills. Mm -hmm. Maybe the noble's got a gambling habit. Could be That'd nice. Be fun, yeah, right? Or being blackmailed for something. Ooh, you've got to steal the stuff or I'm going to tell somebody. That'd yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. Play up on these stories. Again, going on the stories every time. Are they working individually? Part of a gang? Maybe even part of a
1: guild? Sure. Most likely they're
0: part of some sort of group if you're playing with a series of players,
1: but maybe not. That's also going to depend on your setting, right? Uh If you're playing Shadowrun, they're probably an individual group, whereas... Blades in the Dark, you might be part of a criminal organization. Mm -hmm. Pathfinder, you might be part of the Rogues Guild. Or you could be operating outside of the Rogues Guild. You might also be doing one-on-one
0: campaigns with people. And if they're working individually, what are they trying to do? Like, for example, status.
1: Yes. You did touch on something that I love, by the way. Rogue campaigns are perfect for low-player campaigns. If you've only got one or two people... Rogue campaigns are amazing for that.
0: Yeah, because you now are gifted with a bunch of challenges that Mm -hmm. you have to overcome with limited resources. Yep. How does status influence
1: the game, the world, or the characters? I mean, that's a great question because the more famous or infamous they are, the more influential they're going to get and the larger a target they're going to become, whether for the law, whether for other criminals, for... Security forces from a megacorp. a two-way street, right? No, oh, so yeah. if you, you want to get a little bit of rep, because then
0: you can get better jobs in, in the campaign, but the higher up you get, then you have to take more dangerous jobs, because you're not going to take a low job after that. Right. So it's onward and upward until you get to the point where you get caught or killed.
1: It's almost like that's the criminal path.
0: Exactly. What are their connections to the various elements of society? We kind of alluded a bit on this, you know, if they're in the various social strata, but Who do they know amidst the city or populace that they live in?
1: Contacts are key in the criminal world. Big scores require info for planning, Mm -hmm. tools, skill sets, and a fencer or a fixer. And so you have to know all of these people or know people who know them. At the basis of a rogue campaign, you've only got a couple of things
0: and you can expand upon there. Who's helping me get the job? Who's helping me do the job? Who's helping me sell the shit that I stole?
1: Right. Or hide the body. Or paying for the job or what have you. Hiding the
0: body or, yeah, the aftermath of the job, right? Yep. So figure that out so that you can build your world effectively and easily and seamlessly. That's really the important part, so that you can move from
1: one scenario to the next. Yes. What I would do is for a lot of these particular NPCs, you know me, you've met me. I'd have an index card with the NPC, what they do, and what their methodology is. (laughs) Matt loves his index cards
0: and binder notebooks. It's true. He's got stacks and stacks of just players that he's written down. That's wholly correct. NPCs, fixers, all that stuff. I've seen it. Rival gangs. Yeah, it's impressive. (laughs) It's always good to ask the players what they want out of the world or out of the game. We're talking some Session Zero stuff here. Sure.
1: Sure. You're playing a criminal campaign, but what do the players want to accomplish? What's the end goal?
0: Right. What are the stakes and consequences for our players? We briefly mentioned this, but of course, the most common ones are you could die. Sure. <laughs> you could get arrested
1: or tortured.
0: And you could lose status if you're of a social strata.
1: Yeah. That's, that's always fun. That could be stat your personal status, but it could also be you could lose status for your family or your house or your corporation depending on the genre.
0: Another fun thing on a final note is establish some sort of moral quandaries for the activities that they're doing. How far will they go? Are they the type of criminals, rogues that maybe only steal from wealthy people like Robin Hood? Sure. Or do they just stab any asshole that comes across their path?
1: And that can provide a lot of uh, fun dynamic for your players Because if they start off as just people who are committing cybercrime or whatever, but someone tracks them down, are you gonna pull the trigger? Yeah. Right? The cops are at the door. What do you do now? Do you you, dipping out the back or you going out the front, guns blazing? Right. And that's a choice that they have to make in the moment. And the best thing you can do is spring that on them and make them make that choice. In the moment.
0: Now, we definitely recommend with all of these different scenarios, particularly the moral quandaries, session zero this before you get to that point.
1: Yes. Have as many of these an- these questions answered ahead of time so that you can just run it. And have a fun rogue
0: campaign. Yeah. So there you have it. A couple of tricks and tips to run a successful rogue campaign. Have a lot of fun doing it, whether it's by heist, by hook or by crook, I would
1: say. Yeah whether you're committing industrial espionage or just classic espionage. Absolutely. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblins Corner on Twitter and
0: Mastodon. Did you enjoy this podcast? We've got a whole bunch more creeping up from the shadows. Subscribe to
1: it on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. You can also click five stars and give us a review on iTunes and Podchaser. And on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. Also hit the notification bell. It helps get our show in front of more people, and it feeds the hungry algorithm. Just
0: currently sitting in a dark alley with a very long fedora and a trench coat, opening it up, saying, hey, you want to buy this watch? Because <laughs> you know the algorithm is shysty like that. Oh, clearly. Absolutely. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks.
1: world where the goblins corner is by matt staples and
0: eric holden show song by the mighty d20
1: this has been a subterranean production
0: coming soon